Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Unleash you, Ken. He's trying oh, to unleash you, mate. I'm good. See? He's trying to wrap you up, mate. And that's all you know, I'm back. <laughs> You're not <laughs> back. I was saying I spent the money of a 4.3 bottle to score 3.8 TL. I didn't, it, my, I reckon I spent more than any of you. Yeah? Today? Hey? Today? You mean today? The wine? Yeah, 100%. Mine have been I the most. Agree with you. I haven't seen your bottle before. No one had had it before. Yeah. And there was much higher scoring wines for like $20 a bottle, which isn't how I know Vino's not okay, legitimate. Well, let's let's start it, with your bottle then, Ken. Is it from your special bottle uh, shop? No, this is a dance one. Oh. I went to the Americas. I went to the Americas section at the back. Yeah, I saw that one. Cambria State Winery, Santa Maria Valley, 2019 Chardonnay. And only scored a 3.8 on Vivino. And if you've ever had a California Chardonnay, you know that that's rubbish. Uh, for one and two, some $15 bottles, which I'm sure you idiots have picked, scored high. So, <laughs> so nice. I've sacrificed. Hey, I've sacrificed a win. This is how much I've grown. I've sacrificed a win for my palate. I'd rather enjoy the conversation with a nice glass of wine yeah. than talk about who had the highest score. So you're telling us that's the only bottle they had left of Dan Murphy's? No, no. I would have been disqualified <laughs> anyway. I was late getting it in, so I would have been disqualified anyway. <laughs> uh, the way you talk, the way you speak, really shows us that you've grown. That's good. <laughs> uh, Lou, <laughs> you say I'd grown my vocabulary. Okay. So this is a Robert Mondavi private selection, which is the 2020 Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, aged in the oak barrels. I'm sure maybe one of you have it. I don't know, but. Um, that was the pick from the Dan Murphys that I had a pick from, Cam. So uh, I only managed to find a few. I didn't come across many there. Yeah, so. so there's that one and the one next to it would have been a yellow label also, Robert Mondavi, and that one rated a four and the one next to it rated a 3.8. So don't worry. I'll, I'll... You got me still, you yeah. reckon? No, you've, you've won. You beat me. I've got the lowest scoring one, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know. All right, that's all right. That's all right. We have no competition. So let's... Let's grow up and just talk about why we pick Californian wine a bit later on. Now, Chris. Um, I think I've actually had this bottle before. It's called Sebastiani. Oh. And it's from um, Butterfield Estate. Yeah. And I was lucky enough, there was quite a few uh, Californian Chardonnays there, but I think we've had this before. This was about a 4.2, but it wasn't a cheap bottle. I think it was about a 30. A 4.2? That's a 3.9 or a 4. Okay, I did that all right one. then. Whatever. I had, that one, I had that one in my hand and I returned it to the show. Right, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So we'll see how we go with this. Yeah. Must be good. There's a cork in it. And uh, I've got La, La Crema, uh, which uh, probably we all know, but it's a good reminder of a $4,000 lunch. And I thought... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll make us all feel good. Now, but the, do you know, I, I thought all of our bottles actually are are all in special kind of cask, don't you yeah. guys? Yeah. It, it um, it did say on this bottle that it's got you know the taste of pineapple oh. and 
vanilla and stuff. But as soon as I smell that, it just smells like pineapple. Yeah. Oh, really? Like... So, so, so you got the taste of bourbon in there or not? I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you in a sec when we have a sip. But you know, half the time I read these things and I can never actually taste what they say. Where they say, you know, you've got flavour. Well, like people says, aged in bourbon barrels. That's a fair indication for you. Yeah, but where does the pineapple come into bourbon barrels? I don't know, but the front of your probably label, label. It's probably because when you've been having too much bourbon, you actually taste pineapple. I don't know, but it smells like pineapple juice. So hopefully I like it. It's not typically what I drink. I'm not a big fan of white, but anyway. Here's a funny thing, guys, about the Californian wine. Um, it was actually uh, introduced by some Spanish uh, missionaries or monks some, uh, in the 18th century. And it's... The, most of the vine are grown on the Pacific Ocean side of uh, California up and uh, central and north. And what's amazing is that they have 4,200 wineries. Mm. And just that little, that little pocket there on, on, in California actually produced 90% of the wines for the U.S. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I thought... That's why we need to drink that. That's why we need to taste it. And course, because they do a lot of bourbon, they've got all of those casks that they don't, mm. you know, and so mm. they reuse them for the wine. Wow. Yeah, Beautiful. right. That's Cheers, right. guys. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. 4,000 for sure. This one, 4,000 for sure. Oh, that is, wow. that is not 3.8. That would have to be the nicest tasting white wine I've ever had. It'll be a while before we get the California Chardonnay again. So everyone, if you can find Murphy Good California Chardonnay, and Dan's was out of stock, otherwise I would have beat you all. That's I had probably, some in mine. It's probably the nicest California Chardonnay I've ever had. Which one, Cam? Which one? Another one called Fat Bar. Another one called Fat Bastard. But the Fat Bastard, you need you can't get it from Dan's, and you need 2015, 16. Very, very good. Listen to yourself, guys. We we all specialists in wine. <laughs> what year for the Murphy? I just know. Hey, what year for the Murphy? Fifteen. Oh, any year. I we I found it in um, Noosa. Murphy and Co. Right. The one is called Murphy. Uh, Murphy, Co. Murphy Good. It's called the Good's got an E on the end of it. I hadn't seen it before, but I found it with TL in uh, Noosa. And then I realised today, I went to grab a bottle today, and then I realised it was a Pinot Noir, not the Chardonnay. So, mm. uh, that was a good bottle? That was a good bottle, Ken? Yeah, beautiful bottle. Great bottle. Wow. All right, what's uh, what's good today? Well, I don't know about what's good, but I'm coming for you, Lewang. Oh, yeah? I've had a, I've had a trick of a day. Manly's coach got sacked, so I'm no longer a Manly supporter. I'm now a Cowboys supporter, just for everybody out there. Why? Um, Is that where he's going? No, no, but they're hiring an absolute loser to coach them. And I can't. We do too much study and leadership to support a club that's hired that bloke to lead the club. So anyway, I'm fired up, so I'm going after Luang. I read a book today, Luang. Oh, yeah? What is it? I read the second chapter of a book today, Luang. Yeah, which one? Written by your poor suffering mother, Luang. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Oh, yeah? What, 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 I've got two things for you. One, I know where Bubble Wrap Man comes from because that lady could stress about you getting hurt. But more importantly, you are a prick of a son. Oh, yeah. How do you go and get tested for marrow compatibility? <laughs> a whole family struggling. A whole family 
on the edge of their seat because no one else is compatible. I've already read your brother's chapter where the uncertainty was unrivaled. I've read your mom about her anxiety and all the things that were going on and all hopes rested with the eldest brother. He was the only hope the family had left. And they're all sitting there waiting for the results, trying to keep their mind positive. And you call your poor mother and she picks up your phone and the first words out of your mouth were? I'm not compatible. Not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> it was a joke. I said it's a, a joke. Part of me sat there and went, "You're a Wilson in another life." <laughs> <laughs> the other part of me went, "How could my talk about inappropriate timing for inappropriate jokes? <laughs> How could you do that?" And then it was funny. I mean, not funny reading it from your mother's account. I almost cried. But then going back to your brother's account, well, he was watching your mum on the phone. He saw her frown first and got really worried. Yeah, but the cancer wasn't going to get him. Your stupid joke nearly did, and then the celebration when you were. How could you do? This? What were you thinking? Oh, it's about it's about bringing the the, the, the mood down to to lift it up. <laughs> <laughs> mood was down, mate. Read the room. <laughs> listen, listen, it's the same thing that you do at your place, Cam, trying to electrocute anyone who's coming to your place with like broken pumps and broken panels and broken this. <laughs> hey, same thing, man. You do that to your poor mother. Mate, I'll see where Bubble Wrap Man comes from because you trod on a nail and it was DEFCON 7. She was trying to work out where to bury you. I thought that was a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what Cam's talking about is the, uh, the, the revised edition of The Power of You, but I, I made it uh, just the story. And I think it's it's really pertinent because I, I was telling Cam, I've I've worked on that book some 25 years ago. And I, I thought, no, I better get it out because there's things in there I, I want to improve and, and, and probably I've changed my, my mind about some of the lessons, but the story I kept. And, and, and so I wrote a book, it's called Seven Family Members United Against Cancer. And it's just the stories. And I said to Cam, mate, you have to read it because it really hit me that after 25 years, I realized that we actually forget way, way more than we can learn and ever remember. That the, through the story of, of that cancer of my brother, I thought that I saw the real, story, the, the real person in everyone in my family. But then somehow the minute that's gone, you go back to your normal ways and you, you see them the way you used to see them beforehand. Mm. And, and that was a really rude shock for me. What was another big shock for me is we, we are leaders. We, we lead teams all the time. And mm. how can we just lead team members if we don't really realize that the way we communicate is not about us sending our message across, but it's about being able to see how they're going to take the message and i think that that book is fantastic for that i thought once cam's got that he, he will just he will just get it how seven people go through the same episode so mm. if, if seven people watching uh top gun the maverick and they're all seeing it from totally different point of view it's an amazing yeah, thing. Mm. yeah. Okay. you've done two chapters you've done two chapters now Cam. Okay? yeah you yeah. see how different they are from just Two same people in a family. Mm. Yeah, completely different, completely different points of view. And it was, it is interesting watching 
knowing what your brother was seeing now to how your mum was feeling, what he was seeing of your mother was very rude. But I think they're all united in the fact that you're a prick. That's what I've learned. Uh, <laughs> 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 Is it um, on Because the, the way that your mum talks about how fragile, I think she used the word fragile at one point and how you used to get sick all the time. Were you actually sick, mate, or were you just after attention or what was the story? No, no, I was really sick, mate. Listen, that was payback time for making me having got having to go through the needle experience. I, that that's that, that's karma for you trying to push me for needles, you know. <laughs> no, no, so it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon, um, but I also like uh, had to refix it, and it was very very hard to try and keep the same language and the same tone that they had. Mm. Uh, and that's why I was asking Cam, just, just tell me whether you can feel the tone, because I could feel the difference in the tone. You I got, got, mate, I can't remember what part, but she, your mum, she got me at one point, I'll get a little little tear welled up. Just mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go back through it and remember the point it was. But I was enraged for most of it, just thinking about you, how you could do that, you poor mother. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. They do some movies like that right now where it's, they do they'll do different points of view and uh, there's a couple of great movies that you watch um, guy Ritchie does a lot of them where you'll you'll watch most of a movie through someone's point of view then they'll replay the whole thing from someone else's point of view and it's a very similar very similar sort of feel so yeah it's fantastic oh very yeah. good so, uh, so can nobody drown on your island today nobody oh, died electrocuted um no <laughs> Yeah. I had one of them moments yesterday. I don't. I was trying to relate it to someone today what the moment was like, but I can't really. So we we spend more than a year's wage on this new air conditioner. It's the biggest thing you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. And and yesterday was the day that we. And because the fans are so big, there's that much water under my house that it will become a hovercraft. But oh dear. So I leave. I leave for an appointment. The air conditioning bloke had about an hour's left of work to go, so I'm expecting when I come out of the appointment, everything hunky-dory. When I come out of the appointment, I've got a missed call from the air conditioning bloke. I'm expecting it to be him chasing money. So I call him and he says, oh, mate, there was a, a problem with the control panel. It's faulty, so your aircon's still not on. And I'm like, okay, well, story of my life at the moment, but whatever, what are you going to do about it? They're going to fix it on Friday. I think, oh, Crystal's not going to be real happy. So I better be gentle when I get home. I get home, she's all smiles and laughs and everything. And I'm like, so I say, oh, you know, bummer, bummer about the air con, eh? And she said, no, I've been waiting. I haven't turned it on. I've been waiting for you to get here so we can turn it on together. Ooh. So I had to say, uh, so you didn't speak to the air con guy? No, no, I haven't had a call. Yeah, um, it's broken. Anyway. <laughs> We've had a run of outs in this house and my poor wife burst into tears. Oh. I tried to console her, but part of me was laughing at the same time. Because if, I <laughs> if I didn't laugh, I was going to cry to the point where she said, get away from me. And I went, oh, what now? I said, so I shut the front door. She walked out the front, I shut the door and I said, you better go and walk it off. <laughs> and I shut the door. You're not, you haven't learned, mate. You read my book. You should have said, no, it's a joke. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I was trying to, I was trying to, because I've seen that reaction before after saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. But I was trying to relate. I couldn't quite put it into words for someone today. <laughs> you cut the story short. You cut the story short though. So he he bought like the biggest machine, like it, 
that, that's the same engine that they put on the A380, okay? So, <laughs> so, now, the blokes are installing it going, um, we don't normally put these at houses. It's normally for small buildings. Uh, <laughs> so it's a new system and it's broken. Is that right? Or Yes, Lou. Yes, that's right. Thanks for clarifying. Oh, my God. It hasn't started yet. You guys look my new drainage isn't started yet. (laughs) Is the pool still leaking or is at least that fixed? Oh, when you have 100 mils of rain every second day, you wouldn't really know, would you? So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say, have you got solar panels to pay for the air conditioning? But it wouldn't matter because you've had so much rain, it wouldn't charge anyway. No, because we were, I had the solar lined up, but then the the, uh drainage went from this bigger job to this bigger job, so now the solar's on hold. so I just need to clarify. Anyway, Thomas thinks it's hilarious. For whatever reason, well, I know now because I've read his mother's account, he thinks it's hilarious, TL. He thinks it's great. <laughs> I found a crack in the ceiling yesterday that I'm like, oh, that's new too. That's something else. And then Crystal said, no, darling, that's been there since we moved in. So at the moment, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit oversensitized to uh, issues at the house. So. No, yeah. so, so, but so that, what, what I meant is that he's not very good with his story there because the real thing is the internal unit so big they had to cut through the ceiling to shove it up. No, they didn't cut the ceiling. They had to cut the bearers and they had to cut the trusses. Yeah. Oh, God. So they got it into in the, the roof. In the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I, came home, I came home at lunchtime on the first day to check how they were going and they're all standing around with their thumbs up their asses. I said, we've got a problem, boys. And they're like, oh, only a small one. The carpenter's on his way. I said, carpenter. They said, yeah, we've got to cut your frames and trusses. Oh, my God. <laughs> To move the internal unit into place. I said, is the roof going to be okay? They said, oh, we're waiting for the carpenter to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Who picked this unit? Oh, well, I had four four different people tell me the same thing, so I, I picked it. But the house needs, I don't know who, you got to know something about air conditioning, but the house needs 21 kilowatts. And the high, put it That's this way, the, the biggest residential unit you can get is 19 kilowatts. So... Holy uh, dooly. Yeah. The house does not need 21 kilowatts. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. That's the one bit I won't cop. The one bit I won't really cop is that we, I had independent people. My mate who's done the air conditioning tried to sell me 19 kilowatts, and then I had five other people go, it's not going to be enough. And then I asked him why, and he goes, well, you don't have the right power for 21, which is what you need. So over a three-phase power. Holy Bloody God. unit. I sent to you a photo. took up a whole Toyota Hi-Ace van. Like, it weighed 260 kilos. And so they couldn't get a roof. No, that's down the side of the house. Which oh, that's they the outside of the you. Side of the house. They had to walk oh, yeah. across the pool. <laughs> oh, they said, oh, well, if we drop this in the pool, we're going to have problems. It can't get wet. I said, don't <laughs> worry. There's no water in the bloody thing. Oh. <laughs> I know it's small then. You and did. I, enough about me. And now they've sacked me, coach. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, that's... All right, so what's, what's, what's the subject for today, Chris? Today, home sellers, sell or not to sell? That is the question. Should you sell in this market or should you stay? That wasn't the question at all. I elaborate to make it a little bit well, more entertaining. Elaborate. It was sell Jesus. or don't sell. Sell, well, sell or don't sell. Sell or not to sell. What's the it's difference? Not to sell. You, you forgot the last bit. Sell or don't sell, but don't worry about interest rates. Right. Well, I didn't get there different. because someone jumped in. 
It's a completely different. No, but it's a completely different. Like he would have jumped in his pool if the air conditioning fell in. Mate, the question is not to sell or not to sell. It's a statement: sell it or don't sell it. But don't let your decision be governed by interest rates. Is I think what Thomas was getting at. Saying Thomas is the one who came up with the topic. He should probably elaborate more. Hey, hang on, you said you're going to unleash on Thomas, not on me. All right. <laughs> Bye, mate. Take a chill pill. The floor. I know you're upset about the air conditioner. I know you'd want it. You wanted a house. Hey, Jez Hazel's coming back to the dogs, mate. So don't worry. You're good. <laughs> yeah. So that's right. Sorry, Chris. I'll let you go and completely murder the, the topic again. Go, keep going. Hey, go on, Cam. I know, I know you're a perfectionist, mate. The judge won't let me do it. So go on. Go on. The judge? The judge. The topic go is on. sell or don't sell, but don't worry about interest rates. There so you what go. I inferred from that, it's not a question, it's a statement. Yes? Yes. Yes. That was my interpretation of Thomas, it. Thomas, yes. was that the intention of the topic? Yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of people are wor too worried about the interest rates. And really, I, if they really sat down, some of our people, some people I know, spend more money on coffees in the morning when they could actually save that. And that would stop them from having to worry about the interest rates payment, you know. But somehow we're making it a big deal. And, and I think that may, maybe it's because I've just uh, reworked on that uh, cancer book, but I think that we should only worry about when, when health is on the line. Until then, we just have to, to worry. So I'll start with probably what I think. The, first of all, we need to let people know, yes, it's been six uh, interest rate rise in, in six months. And yes, we are now, uh, what is it? The cash rate is now 2.6%. Yes, you probably will be... Uh, looking at uh, interest rates now between uh, 3.5 to 4.5, if you're going to go out there and get it. And here's the thing, the US is already at 3.25, we're only at 2.6. And usually for, for a country like Australia, unless we want to see our dollar really fall, we have to be at least at 3.25, if not 3.5. So I think that there's more rise to come because we have to be above the 3.25 that is in America. And that what it means is people are not going to go, should I buy, should I not buy? And, and, and hence, I, I wanted to talk about this thing because I think we should buy. The, because uh, over time, a house is always going up. Right? So, so that's my, my first um, argument. Mm -hmm. uh, I, if, if you're buying a house to speculate so that you can see what you can do next month, absolutely. <laughs> Hold off, don't do it. But every single time interest rate rise by half a percent, your borrowing also goes down. So maybe you need to look at that too. But if you're going to buy a house to spend about seven years happy in the house with your family, that's what you should look at. Because if you're looking at what you're spending, then you might as well stop spending $15,000 taking your kids overseas. You know, then you maybe you should stop spending $30,000 sending your kids to a private school. Broken air conditions. No, no, that's 60000 for the air conditions. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, at this point in time here, don't worry about interest rates. Maybe just worry about living. I, I see people who worry about all these things and, and then yet when it comes to 
things around them, they just spend like there's no tomorrow anyway. Mm. Mm. I took it as similar but different. So we're real estate agents and real estate agents have in their head that once we've got a listing, the house has to sell and that's, it has to sell and must sell and the vendors have it in their head. Uh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, and they'll use all sorts of external factors to do it. But to Thomas's point about living, sell your house if it helps your life, and if it doesn't work for your life, don't sell it. Mm. Right? To blame interest rates or, or use interest rates as an example or, or any external factor as an example, you don't have to sell. Even if I've got your house on the market, if it's better for you not to sell and to rent it out for a while, do that. Mm. Right? But make, a, make that decision. Okay, and no agent will tell you that. We're agents sitting here and no agent will walk in and go, listen, you don't really have to sell your house. Okay, it's okay if you don't. I'm not that guy, right? Because let's do the right thing by people and do the right thing by life. But yeah. there ends up so many convoluted reasons and, and arguments and, and, you know, especially if you're dealing with a high maintenance vendor or a difficult vendor. I've got a deceased estate at the moment that's turned into quite a maze of, horse crap because everyone's got a different opinion. And I said to them the other day, don't sell it. Right? Don't come up with, they're blaming the media. Every buyer's wrong. So the media's wrong. Every buyer's wrong. I'm wrong. The pest and building inspection's wrong. And all the offers are wrong. The only person that's not wrong is them. So I said, look, don't sell it. I don't understand how that helps your situation. But if everyone else is wrong in the world except you, don't sell and that's how I took your statements here. Sell it or don't sell it, but don't let external mm -hmm. factors and, and petty excuses cloud your judgment or, or be used as an excuse. Does selling help your life or not? The answer is yes, sell the bloody house at whatever the price. Yeah. The answer is no, think about what you're doing. Maybe there might be a better option. And if you're a good agent or the right agent for that person, you should be exploring those options with them, to be honest. Mm. sell it now or sell it in five years time if you do the right thing by people now you're likely to get the job in five years in. but we don't think that way because we're real estate agents yeah yeah but but, but, but here's the issue though Ken. There, there are people who uh have bought their property some 10 15 years ago so those people are going to make money no matter what yeah but what about the people who bought about last year two years ago yeah uh, that's really the question for them sell it don't sell i mean so, some of them have I've been saving for three, four years. They put the money together. They use their first home loan grant, whatever it is. And, and, and then suddenly now, if they're selling now, they could actually lose those three, four years of savings. Yep. And they go back to square one. So it's sell it, don't sell it. But really, should they do any of these things? And should they really worry about the interest rate? Because interest rate is going to go up. If you're worried about it now, Mm. Yeah. why i believe truly it's going to go up not only because of america but if you have a look at the five years fixed rates loan it is at 5.35 percent and if the five-year loan is at least one percent higher than what we're getting now on average it it means that they're expecting more because they have to average it out over five years and that is going to if you're doing variable you're going to be somewhere around there anyway but you're gambling yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, it comes down to sacrifice, right? So you've got to decide what's more important, keeping the roof over your head or buying the coffees in the morning. And that's that's the sell or don't sell thing. You, in, in some situations, and Lou and I in this situation, we bought at the absolute peak. Right? My, my home loan repayments have gone up $2,500 a month since we bought the house. 
Mm. I don't spend two and a half thousand dollars a month in coffee, right? So, uh, come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half thousand a week on air conditioning. Yeah, exactly, right. So, but I, I understand the dilemma of people in, but I understand I've got a I've got a choice to make. There's there's I'm a big fan of living the high life and I can spend money like nobody else, right? I'm very, very good at it. And by that, by being very good at it, I'm very bad at it, right? Because I'd rather have a good time than a long time. But that's a decision. That's But if, if that truly is your life, if you sit down and you go, nah, I'm here to party, then you might have to sell the house. But don't don't think you can keep doing both. Yes? Yeah. Most, most, most lenders... Well, almost all lenders, they put a buffer in there for the majority of, of people purchasing on their loans. I mean, I think it's three or four percent. Um, the problem is we've caught up to that buffer zone, and that's where there's going to be a little bit of difficulty. What I found interesting is I thought that the, the media is hyping up the interest rates and the issue about the interest rates a lot, but there will be a little bit of mortgage stress coming on. I went back and I had jumped on the RBA sort of website and wanted to see where the interest rates sat. Um, we were at this rate in 2014 in December at 2.5. And 2018, we're at 7.5, uh, 7.25. Now, from 1992 to 2008, we only fluctuated by about 3% all the way through all those years. There were still millions of transactions done. Everyone come out of that alive. Um, yes, people are going to have to sell. People are going to have to buy. But at the end of the day, Interest rates are going to go up. I think they'll hit probably close to seven. It's five, like six percent. I question the data there, Chris Ho, because I bought my first house in 2014 and we were paying 3.1 percent. Now I was informed yeah, the cash rate, the cash rate, the RBA cash rate was at two point. Yeah, RBA like two cash rate, let's be real. We're talking about the rate the bank will give you, right? Yeah, but you you add, as I started with, you add three to four percent on what are they lending and money so at. As of yesterday, the cheapest loan you can get. That I was informed of is 4.19 percent. Yeah, U Bank or something. Hey, no, that was ANZ. That was ANZ, and that's P and I. And the cheapest interest only you can get 4.79 percent, right? In 2014, the cash rate might have been the same or higher from the RBA, but you're getting loans at sub three percent. I did interest only at 3.1, so it isn't the same. Now, but what I'm getting at is the RBA—they're going to put through, but the banks are going to do what they want. But they've, I think they've reined it in a little bit. Even one of the banks reduced their home loans even after their, I think it was St. George, reduced one of their home loans slightly after the RBA's increase on uh, the beginning of the month. Um, we're going to get another increase Under next month. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like, like we said, you, you need to act on what you want to do. I mean, life's too short. If you're, if you're an elderly couple looking at downsize, I've, I've never heard someone say, oh, I wish I had waited. But I've heard so many people say, I'm glad I did it when I did it. I should have done it earlier. Yeah. Our yeah. lifestyle's changed. We've done this. We've managed to do that and so forth and so forth. So I think, you know what, you, you need you need to get out there and do it. And you're saying, Thomas, before about young couples that may have purchased in the last, you know, 18 months to two, three years. Um, it's like going through COVID for a small business. You've got to work, find ways to help yourself get through that. Whether it's getting a second job, I know that, a lot of people I know when interest rates were high, very high, had second jobs. Hmm. But I think the thing is, like the point that we try to, I try to get across to people is don't buy into the fear. Obviously, it's realistic and that's what's going to happen. Interest rates are still going to go up, but don't let it 
destroy your brain in terms of hitting panic and and rushing into making decisions. It's like when COVID hit, how many people, myself included, decided to sell an investment property or two because the, the expectation was real estate market would fall off a cliff. If I had have waited, I would have sold it for 250 grand more in COVID, but who's to know? We don't. But my thing and like as you guys know my daughter bought a month ago and and she's already mum interest i said don't worry about it they're going to go up and then they're going to come down just means you can't buy the coffees and go out takeaway three nights a week and you can't go on holidays and that's just life you know you have to just rein it in you can still go on holiday i i think that that the, the the bit though is stop spending everything you have a lot of people go out there and they live on the edge you know mm. They, they, they can buy up to 1.5, they buy 1.55. They, they, they don't understand what it is to have a buffer. They go on holiday, they splurge like there's no tomorrow. I mean, I see young kids for the moment, they go, they go to go on holiday and spend the kind of amount of money that I'm only spending now uh, after 30 years are in the workforce. And mm. I'm saying to myself, that's not control. Control is to know, okay, what is more important and then realize that if it's more important, then let's do this. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's the rich guys like Cam and Carrion who can't afford to do anything. I mean, it would be good if I had some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. But yeah, but I'm guilty of that. I'm the best spender ever. Best yeah. spender ever. I love it. Get it up. Oh, it's not true. You're investing in your house. Listen, mate. I, I, I get <laughs> no, but other stuff. I'm investing. No, but other things. I get that. You're, you're, I have to say, I have to say, anyone who's really struggling with selling houses, you need to call Cam. He's probably the best salesman that I know in Carrion and on the Central Coast. But don't use him if you're going to go house hunting because you're probably going to end up with a house with no drainage, <laughs> no air conditioning. Speaking of which, I've got a cracking listing for you in Carrion, guys. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get a crystal building done. Is anyone, listen, we're, we're talking like end of the world and maybe we're preempting, but I, for one, I've had a few sad tales where people have had to sell because of loss of job and, and things like that and they've had to take yeah. reduced prices. But is anyone seeing any panic selling yet? I think because the Aussie mentality is not can't sell now. I've lost 150 grand on it, even though they never had 150 grand. Yeah. Not in their pockets. That's Aussie, right? That's, that's the way we do it. There's even people who have had their house for 20 years who go, well, last year it was worth a million dollars. Now it's only worth seven fifty. I've lost two hundred and fifty thousand. No, you haven't because you never had it. You've actually gained five and five hundred and fifty thousand on what you paid for it. So yeah. there's that Aussie mentality of oh, I'm going to hold because. But I, I talk to people. I sit in listing appointments. I go, look, you can sell now and get to where you want to go and enjoy the next three years of life, or you can sit here for the next three years and you'll be okay because the money will come back. So is it a now thing or a three-year thing? Either way, I'm happy for you. Oh, I can't wait another three years. Well, then we need to do it now before the next interest rate rise and the next interest rate rise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm happy to come back in three years. What I don't want to be doing is having this conversation in two months. I yeah. say, don't call me back in two months because we're talking about, like even, oh, we're mostly residential area. I've seen properties lose 100 grand in the last two months. 100 grand. Yeah, but, but Cam, Cam, it's human nature, isn't it? They, they, they want, they, they gamble, you know? It's almost a gamble. They, they want to wait. And, and quite often, they're actually even hoping that the market's going down in Australia, but not in the street. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they hold some of them side by side. Oh no, but that was over there. <laughs> My house is way better. I've got a tree in my backyard. We've got all the people from Sydney buying here. Yes, they've all just lost 30% on their house. They're not coming to pay you. Yeah. You know what? I've just lost 30% on my house. And that's what you're about to feel, Lou, if you haven't already. That's what I said to you probably four or five or six weeks or maybe two months ago now when you said, oh, we didn't sense the market change. You probably sense the market change now. I can tell you. I reckon we've had another hit in the last two weeks. So give it another two or three weeks for you and you're going to feel it again because yeah. the ripple moves up. We're the ones buying all your houses up there. Yeah. So there's, there's more. That's I, it. I don't want to call it more pain to come because people are buying and selling. Done a lot of training in the last two or three weeks with the team about just getting the price right and expectations right. There's deals to be done. There's many people about to run out of pre-approvals yeah. that have to buy. And yeah. it's great buying. Good. They always will. That's the thing. People will always buy and sell. And back to your question, Cam, we're not really seeing panic selling, but what we're seeing is a lot of rental increases from landlords um, to counteract the interest rate rises, of course. But um, you know what? People are renting them and people are taking them. And we've got properties now on the rent books that, you know, six, nine months ago, it, it's $150 more today than what it was six nine months ago. And, head to and, and, and if, yeah, if, if I can really give a piece of advice to those people, don't do that. Don't go into the, that rental market because it is, it is a con. Mm. I think, you know, just as much as uh, these, these landlords had to really think, uh, should I really be nice? Uh, and, and show care during COVID and, and keep my rent the way it is, they're now passing on all that stuff. Here's a piece of advice for the people who have bought a year ago and may see that oh, their house gone down 10% and sell it, buy something you can live in because at least you're still having that golden goose eggs, that, that, that egg that is there waiting to hatch when the market goes up. It may be in a different area. It may be a downsize for you, but you're still there. But you don't have to sell it and go and dump whatever you have left in somebody else's pocket because that guy's trying to get his interest rates repayment. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And what makes it worse is the legislation only allows for landlords to increase rents once every 12 months now. So instead of increasing like 10 or $20 like they normally do, they're increasing by 50 or 100 bucks at a time. To, it's to, still limited. Uh, Isn't that still limited? Oh, it's 10%. It's 10%. No. 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 Listen, you probably could, could hear that. I'm, I'm angry about all this because I know some of the elderly who are renting. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. And they get dumped, the, the interest rate surplus. They can't even they can't even have heating going on in winter. And now we're doing this to them. I think it's a disgrace. But who's doing it to them, too? Here's the thing. Here's my question for you because I saw you shake your head straight away. If, if you're in a position where you've got plenty of money in the bank and plenty of assets, then you can probably afford to look at the goodness of your heart and absorb, not do what the banks do, right? So here's yeah. the thing. The RBA makes a call. The banks, looking after everybody, pass it all on in full straight away. That hits all homeowners. A lot of homeowners are landlords. A lot of them are mum and dad investors who don't have five or six or seven properties, or maybe they do, but... You can't. If 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 the bloody banks won't absorb something from the RBA, how's a landlord supposed to absorb something from their bank out of the goodness of their heart? 
It's got to be a flow on. Yeah, that's right. I get, mate. I'd love to be in a business. I don't have any investment property. But that, but that's why I say to people, don't rush into renting because that's what that they're going to do. Human nature. I spoke about it. Human nature. It's all about greed, security, and how I can just pass the blame onto somebody else and how I can get somebody else to carry that. Don't. If you need to sell, sell. Keep your foot in real estate. Buy something smaller. Be willing to move three suburbs away because you're still in there. Yes, yeah. in there, and and whatever rent that you're gonna pay, you're actually repaying a smaller mortgage of yours. Yeah, you know? I mean, you, you have to look. There's there's people who are very rich landlord who can buy a, a, a big house and then rip up the drainage and install brand new drainage. And and, and I'm not a landlord. I, I I did I didn't mention you. I did. I'm yeah. not a landlord. <laughs> but I've got a rent roll, so I'd better stick up for the half of them that aren't greedy but need to increase their rents, otherwise their investment's gone to crap. No, I, I think that we did, the one thing I love about Australia is that mateship about when things are a bit hard. And I'm not saying, you know, I can't control the bank because the bank's actually controlled by the stock market. You you people, maybe some of the the, 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 uh, the tenants are investing in them. They have to show return. So that, that is a totally kettle of fish. But but really, if we showed some kind of um, grace during COVID, maybe it's time now because it's going to go up higher. I'm, I'm, I am in pain for the elderly who's forced to rent and now is out. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like some of these landlords and even homeowners, like what they can be doing don't be stuck paying the bloody loyalty tax of staying with the one lender. That's just the the premium you pay. It's like people that stay, for example, with the same insurance company for 20 years straight. They don't look after you. Well, you I can't get a cracked roof tile fixed. So if anyone uses real insurance, I'm going to blow our sponsorship here. Do not <laughs> use real insurance ever, anybody, ever. No deal. <laughs> All right, that's on. the thing that's the thing though like there's people i know like you guys know old normie and i help him look after his affairs and he's been with nrma for 50 something years but he pays more than anybody else because he's paying a bloody loyalty tax for staying there for so long and never questioning his premiums now's the right time to shop around so landlords before you go jacking up your rent by 100 bucks have a look at refinancing yeah. and see where you're get, going. Not, not get yourself a better deal that you don't have to push that pain onto someone else as much you still might have to push on a little bit but not as yeah much. but like thomas said people are greedy lou they'll they'll get the savings and not, put it up i don't think I know. the majority though we've got to be careful i don't think the majority i'm all white mate i'm i hate greed but i think we've got to be a bit careful not everyone is increasing their rent and i reckon the majority oh, of are doing it out of greed Yes, but what I'm saying is not just landlords, anybody, sell or don't sell right now. But if you're going to stay where you are and you're worried about interest rates, go do yourself a favour and what shop we around. What can do, though, some good advice for tenants, sign the longest bloody lease you can and don't let them put your month to month at the end. Always renew it because what I, if you can't get kicked out while you're on a lease unless you're doing the wrong thing. As soon as they put you month to month, they've only got to give you a certain amount of notice and they can tell you they're going to sell the house, get you out and jack up the rent on somebody else. So tenants mm. got to be a little, get a little bit more advice on that end as well. Yeah. I'm seeing properties at the moment. I'm seeing houses at the moment. This is 
Well, thank God, not on our rent roll, but I'm taking over a lot of rentals at the moment where the properties are two $250 a week under undervalued, right? And the landlords had no idea, none, none whatsoever. And but so- on that, on, that, on, that, on that line of thinking, uh, are you telling them to put it up still? Because you're just saying, don't be greedy. So you're telling them not to be greedy, but now you're telling them- to I didn't say don't be greedy. I said, I think we're painting, I think Thomas is painting too many with a with a greed brush when it's not about that. They've got to cover their payments, right? It is it's the age It's greed. called an investment. It's called an investment. It's not called take money hand out hand. of my kids' mouths to help somebody else. Like that's- To help a stranger, that's right. I'm not, no, but it's not about help, just helping a stranger. Here's the thing, if no. you can, if you can't, if you are flush, right? And you have all the ways and means of doing anything you want in life and you still jack the rent up on somebody, then you're an asshole. Right? And you'll yeah, get what's coming to you. If you are I can human hey? nature. It's human nature. Not always, but it it is human nature. Listen, we can't paint the bloke who's got one investment property or two investment properties who's just said his interest rates go up six times as a greedy asshole for needing to recoup some of that money because all of a sudden he went from a neutral to a little bit negatively geared to, oh, shit, I'm losing too much money on this. We can't paint him as a greedy asshole, right? And that's what I feel like we're doing. No. We, we, we need to, so before you get on, I'll, I'll pass it on to you. Before we get on, we need to control ourselves because we can't be hearing three swear words in two lines, okay? So be very careful that I don't apply that rule again. Uh, I haven't said the F word once. Just... Just, just control yourself. Let's not swear. Sorry, um, Lou. But I was just going to say, Cam, in the same breath, you know, when we, we run businesses, so did you put your marketing levies up this year? No. You didn't. I don't know about you, but our realestate.com bill went up about $100 this year. Yeah, so, sorry. I went up. My, my marketing levies are cost price, not... The cost went up, the cost went up, it did, yeah. That's right. And so what I'm saying is it's human nature. If the cost of business goes up, we've got to put the cost of our services up, don't we? So, and it's like much like a landlord with- You're a not arguing with it. Yeah, I know. No, 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 but I disagree, Lou. Uh, I disagree, Lou. We we are not uh, passing on whatever realestate.com. That, that's not the same thing. Our electricity has gone up, but yeah. you're not passing it on. The thing is that it's a marketing package that sellers decided to use. Yeah. Estate.com happens to just charge it at that rate. That's it. Yeah. Wages have gone up. Wages have gone up. I haven't passed that on. Electricity bills and overheads have gone up. We haven't passed that on. My commission. No, I know that. On. I know that. But the point I'm trying to make is it went up for us to pay for it. No add-on costs. So we've had to pass that cost on to owners. And it's yep. the same in respect to rentals and, and landlords. If their interest rates have gone up, they're necessarily not even going to think twice. They're just going to be putting that rent. And I guess in the same sense, it's it's what they're doing. So maybe they're not greedy. Maybe they're just doing it because they think it's costing me more. So it's going to cost. A lot of them will be doing it because they have to. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah. I never I never said so just greedy. I'm sorry. If I did say it was greedy, it's the wrong thing. I think that every anyone who owns a property uh, management. It's, it's, I'm sorry, it's got a rental a property. They're not stupid people. And mm. they also understand that they have buffers. Mm. All I'm saying is just as much as we showed care and grace during COVID, it is maybe time to also show care and grace now yeah. with all these things that's happening around. Now, 
Let's go back to the topic, though. Uh, sell or not sell, but don't worry about interest rates. Mm, mm. Yeah, exactly. You know what the chances are, and if you, I, I've, I don't know much about monetary policy and all that stuff. I don't, and I don't claim to be or know. But what, what does I, Brene Brown say? Brene Brown says, "Feel the fear and do it anyway." But the thing that's is, not her. That's Susan Jeffers. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, but the thing is, like Did Brene Brown say, "I have a dream." <laughs> Possibly. No, no, no. But, but the thing is, if you if you dive into it a little bit and you do a little bit of research, everybody that's anybody in that finance world is saying the same thing. Yeah, we're going to probably go up three and a half, maybe four percent, but we're also going to come down, and probably by the end of twenty twenty four, we're going to be back around two two percent. Big deal, you know. We're going to ride out the storm, and that's all it is. You know, it's not it's not looking like a projection for the next ten years. It's just as quickly as it went down and, and as, or as quickly as it went up, it's probably going to come down, not as quick, but you know, don't, I think a lot of people buy into the fear too early and start panicking because they're thinking 12 or 18 months ahead as instead of just thinking about tomorrow. I think and there's a lot right. we can do in, the, in, in now to change it. So we're not in a position where we have to sell, you know. Well, I agree with your mind, with your overall philosophy, Lou. I think you've been a bit reckless by saying, oh, things are going to come down in twos. We've got no clue what's going to happen and that's the fear we, that's driving. We, we don't, but those Six that... months ago, the RBA said they weren't going to raise interest rates till 2024. Now you're saying they're going to come down in 2024. No one's got any clue. No, I, no. I totally agree, Cam, but those that are in the know, and I made sure I read about 10 different... In the know? They don't know? What do they know? When I say those What's in the know... one thing they've been right at? Those that are in the know. When I say, a lotto ticket. Hey, when if you want to know, can you give me yeah, the lotto number? Mate. Let finish. When, when, when I say those in the know, I'm talking about people that work in the finance industry. That doesn't necessarily... Oh, no, I don't know. What I'm, like people would look at us and say we're in the know of real estate. So I'm using a general term. Those that work in the industry who follow this and, and, and the economists for all the major banks are all saying the same thing. They're probably going to keep going up for a little while, but towards the end of the year, they're going to start coming down. Maybe they won't. We don't know. But if that's what they're all thinking. Were they the same all that were thinking we were going to lose 50% during COVID and instead we went up 50? Is that all the people that were in the know, the same people we're taking advice from or? Look, I don't know because I didn't buy into that back then. But the thing is... Now you're buying in because it suits what you want to think. I get it. That's human nature too. We want interest rates to come down in a couple of years. Truth is we don't know. Yeah, but what we do know is history. They'll start coming down once they get a handle on inflation. As soon as they get a handle on inflation, they'll start reducing interest rates. Okay, so but here's a question question for you then, Chris. When is inflation going to be under control? Because right now it's not... And as I was about to say, I was going to be able to finish. We don't know when that's going to happen. And unfortunately, it's a trial and error period where we have to slowly increase these interest rates to a point where we see spending in society slow down um, and people to be start to be a bit more conservative. And that's, and that's unfortunate. The only way they can do that is by, by pushing interest rates up. The other unfortunate thing is they can't, which they usually do, is increase, um, increase wages, but they can't do because... Bank because we've just gone through COVID, basically, right? So they come uh, in. So they come in again. yesterday and said in, energy is going to go up thirty five percent because of the war in the Ukraine. Mm. That is inflation. No amount of interest rate rises are going to stop the price of electricity going up by thirty five percent. The issue I have I with that's greed. That's not inflation. That's greed. It might be greed. But raising people's people who are paying now. 
an extra 3% on their mortgage are also now going to have to pay an extra 35% to keep that house warm. That doesn't yep. fix inflation. And that's the problem with what the RBA is doing in the bank. We're not going to fix inflation by doing it because the minute they do an inflationary mitigating exercise, they use another excuse for the reason your petrol so dear or the that, reason you... That, that's, that's what they've got to get a handle on. They've got to get a handle on inflation because it was too high. I think that's, it's that's the whole reason. That's the whole reason the RBA is increasing interest rates, right? It's safer um, for people to think that interest rates aren't going to come down anytime soon rather than hold out hope they come down in 2020. I'm not saying it's going to be soon, mate. I'm not going to say it's going to be soon. Start living as if they're not. And if they do, fantastic. But I think we're going oh, to hit no, a bottom. We've got another year in us. We'll be okay. And then they yeah, no, I think we're going to hit a plateau. I think we're going to hit a bottom, a plateau. And we're going to be there for a, a little while until the economy sorts itself out. And I think that's probably going to be mid to late next year. And I think we're going to be there for a couple of years, two, three years, before we see any uh, interest rate lifts. That's just my prediction. Um, mm. I, I, you know, advice to people looking at buying a house is be realistic with your expenses. And, and you know, if you're a young couple that's just got married, then bank's giving you a million, million dollars, look at something that maybe 750, 800, because sure as hell, within the next couple of years, one of you are going to get pregnant and you're going to be on one wage and so forth and so forth. Life happens. Hmm. Plan ahead. Spend Hopefully some it's the woman that gets plan. pregnant. Plan, your, plan your, uh, your, your budget, plan your expenses, plan your future. But don't spend everything you've got. The unfortunate thing is we've had all these young kids grow up in a, in a society that they can have everything now. Everything's now. Like, you know, 18, you can have a credit card at $2,000 and interest-free, go to Harvey Norman. You can buy the best TV and furniture and whatever else. And, you know, you don't have to pay for three, four years. Don't worry about just take it home. But then we're going to chase you for the money. And unfortunately, these people have been trained that they can have everything now and there's no delayed gratification. And until they start to realise that, and say, well, hang on, let's put the brakes on. Let's buy something within our means, mm. with a buffer zone. People are going to get themselves into trouble if they don't. Mm. Mm. I've yeah, got yeah. two gas heaters going cheap if anybody's in the market. You can't have them until next week. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he'll give them away. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I saw the heaters on the side there. It's gathering dust. It's... <laughs> it's <laughs> He's giving them away. Anyone who just... He'll <laughs> uh, pay you to pick them up. <laughs> There's three tonne of dirt out the front you can pick up while you get if you like. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. What was it dirt for? We've turned into a financial bloody... Uh, no, no, but, 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 it, but, but it is a financial thing because it's... You, do you sell and start selling? Don't worry about interest rate. Mate, but last year... Mate, well, last, week I had to sit here, last week I had to sit here and listen to two people try and tell me that money doesn't matter and money's not everything. So why do we even care? Yeah, but Look, probably, you know what? If, they, if it's the old generation... <laughs> <laughs> With good landlords. Um <laughs> Look, if it's the older generation, I'll speak to that for a second. If it's the older generation, do what you want to do. If financially your house is paid off, you do not wait. Be I experienced that in life myself. My parents worked their asses off mm -hmm. and mum had a stroke at 57 and then couldn't enjoy their lives for the rest of their life, right? I saw a slow decline in my beautiful mother and they couldn't travel. They couldn't do what they wanted. They waited too late to do what they wanted to do. They had all this money, 
but money can't buy you health. Go mm. and celebrate your life if you want to. Sell, downsize, and go and travel. The borders have opened. Go. Mm. Don't wait. Mm. Yeah. yeah there's a, there's a, if we're going down the uh, financial advice route, I'm not one to listen to, but there's a theory out there I read a long time ago, which I tried to aspire to, but it didn't end up happening. I opened businesses instead. For young people, and I've got to be careful because we've all got young people who are trying to kick out of the house. Right. <laughs> got the umbilical cord but i love the uh theory of don't buy the first house you're going to buy to live in buy cheap investments wherever you can until you get to a point where you can afford the house you're going to live in off the money they're making and not your own money sorry tl they're going to be with you for another 20 years but <laughs> have they bought any houses yet tom <laughs> no. yeah I, i've talked to someone who had a, 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 asked me for some advice and i said Go and buy a couple of houses in Tyree because at the time you could buy a house in Tyree for $250,000. They had $40,000 in the bank as a deposit for two of them. Go for your life, do it. They bought a Renault instead, right? The Renault hasn't made them any money. and But one of the reasons for not buying in Tyree was, oh, well, I, I don't like Tyree. I don't like the houses there. there. There's housing commission there. And then I tried to explain it. doesn't matter what the house looks like. It matters how much rent you're getting for the house and all that. Right on, Cam. Yeah. So there's people, the great Australian dream is to move out of home and buy your own house. It actually puts you back further than, because we're talking about now, you could probably live at home, right, for longer because, let's be honest, as parents, we really don't want our kids to move out as much as we talk tough. And our homes are bigger than they were. Hey? Boy, homes are bigger than they were. You can stay there rent free. You can have a few investment properties going. Yeah, I have, I have no problem. Or with you that. can buy your own house and never go out and never buy coffee because this is all the stuff we're telling people to do now, right? Stop buying coffee and stop going out for dinner and stop having holidays and stop doing that. Sounds like a great life. Sign me up. Right? No, it's, no, no, no. We didn't say that. You, you, so you go always from one one switch to another. I, I I think that you can still enjoy life. But you don't have to enjoy life uh, being a leech on your parents. <laughs> you don't, right? You don't have to enjoy life, and <laughs> as if as I if tried, Alex, Alex, I tried, <laughs> I tried, son. I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I, you. I understand you're talking about your son, but you, <laughs> I, I'm not really. I'm, I'm not really happy that your son does that to you. But I, I have to say to you very simply this, you know. He needs to really understand and, and look after you, uh, man. You know, if, if 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 I was in your shoes, I would say to Alex, Alex, just be nice to me. But I, I I'm not in your shoes. <laughs> <I'd> say, so... <laughs> it makes it even worse for me, Thomas. It hurts even more because my, he's actually Alex. He's actually a lawyer, and he's making more money than me. And he still won't move out and still uses my credit card. And that really hurts me. What advice can you give me? No, 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 no. But you have to think of, no, listen, he's a lawyer. Your son is a lawyer. But I have to say, mate, he, he's working in, in an industry that is really taking advantage of him. And, and he's not realizing that. And, and what he needs to wake up to is to see, all right, how, how do I stop those guys out there from taking advantage of me? And, and do it. Now, let's go. Going back to this, this thing here, sell or don't sell, but don't worry about interest rates. We're not saying about just cutting everything off. What, what we're saying is stop worrying about the little things. You want to own a house. It doesn't have to be a big house. It can be a smaller one. Mm -hmm. Right? If, 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 
And, and I think that right at the beginning, Cam said it, if you can live comfortably and do all the things that you can with that house, keep it. Mm. If you can't, then downsize and, 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 and look at something that is comfortable. But to worry about all this, uh, it's not going to change. Interest rates going to go up. Um, here's my prediction. If America is stopping at 3.25, we will go at 3.5. So we, we're still about 0.9 away from them. So there's going to be plenty. I think that the Melbourne Cup, when, when they know that you guys are going to go out there and spend over a billion dollars on, on, on gambling, they're going to put on the Tuesday afternoon just a, a, another whack because you're not going to say much. You're, you're happy. You're pissed anyway, and you're spending money anyway. So, and I don't believe they're going to do that probably in December because that's going to stop all the prezies to go under the trees. But I think right after the, in January, they're going to start cutting it. They're going to make sure that you stop spending. And so why do we wait for them to do this? They're going to do this. So we might as well just be smart and start saving now and start asking ourselves the question on the Sunday morning, should I go out and get a $7 pie? You know? Just, no, I'm just not going to buy my kids any Christmas presents. Thanks for that, Thomas. You've made that up for me. But yeah, I think you're right, Thomas. I probably will put them up in November. I don't think they will in December. And I worked out the Reserve Bank don't meet in January. They only meet 11 times a year, with the exception of January. So maybe we will get that breathing time of December and January when people spend a lot of money. Because I still think the, the true impact of these six consecutive rate rises haven't hit home yet either. I think... I think when that the reality of that hits home and look everybody's starting to feel it fuels up and energy's up everything's up i think there will be a a bit of a dramatic shift in 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 the numbers so to speak because i don't think the true reflection it's just you know it's it's a little bit here and there and there but eventually people are going to go whoa and now i feel it and that's when we're going to go you know I th the things will change so who yeah. knows Thomas no. said before most of people are smart and I tend to disagree because if they do give us breathing space over December and January, I guarantee people are just going to empty their wallet. Instead of using December and January to build whatever buffer they can for what's to come in February and beyond, they're going to empty their wallets. And, and we're humans, right? So your kids look up at you and they wait to see how many boxes are under the tree and you know, you've worked a hard year and you deserve a little bit of R&R and, R and people don't have that self-control, unfortunately. The majority, yeah. the majority of people don't, which is why 1% of the world's population has 80 or 90% of the world's wealth, right? If, if yeah. everyone was as smart as each other, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah, but it's, it's even worse than that, Cam. Like most people have already planned for January and December six months ago. Mm. most people have already booked a trip to bali or whatever it is i know that there's the anniversary or the trip to around the world or an mm. airbnb on in baron bay for twelve thousand dollars like six seven months ago right so they, they, they've already done it and now they're getting hit with this now so mate, they can't just cancel it they're going to lose it so most people are all have already spent that money six months ago that's right and how many not all like, their money like we know, like, and, and you oh, guys, I going to air conditioning, sorry. we all sell houses, right? So how, yeah, many owners, sense. how many owners do you think have adjusted to the difference in price in their minds? Like if you went Heaps. out, Heaps. you reckon, what yep. about you, Chris? What about, what are you finding? Are you, a lot yep. of your owners still thinking that the prices of six months ago are still there or are they, have they yeah, made look, adjustment? No, I, I don't think they are. I'm I, sorry. I think they, they know things have changed. They're hoping things haven't changed. 
but with yeah. intelligent conversations, they're realizing they have changed. Yeah, and I and like Cam said earlier, the flow on effect up here because I'm a holiday town and I'm the sort of lifestyle as opposed to like the lifestyle choice as opposed to a work choice to buy. Um, the ripple effect. I'm three six months behind whatever happens with you guys. We're starting to see the change now, but. Eight out, eight out of 10 of our owners don't believe prices have changed that much yet. So it's a big, big mind shift that we've got to make. And yet that's that's when we'll see the change. When, when interest rates rise and house prices change, the penny will drop. People will feel less wealthy, so they'll spend less. And that's when we'll see a bigger correction, I think. But it's, it's, it's hard for us, for people's mindsets to get that change to happen at the moment. It's still yeah, yeah, staff, you better tell your staff and tell your vendors there's about 30% coming, Lou, and, uh, because yeah. that, that's what's coming. And we went through a stage where vendors still thought prices hadn't changed and then, and I think we're still in that stage where agents are going out, vendors know that prices have changed, Yeah. still fit, still scared of confrontation and still scared of having a real conversation. They're telling vendors prices have only changed by 10%. I can tell you it is at least 20 in most of our suburbs. In East Bado, if you live in East Bado Bay, your prices come back 30%. I promise you, your prices come back 30%. So, it's no unless, unless you find a real estate agent that moves your your, your buy in the house before settlement. Yeah, unless yeah. you unless they move in under license and then do renovations. They're, 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 they're worth a million. They're worth a million, and now they're worth seven hundred. Mate, and I took over a house in East Bay. Bay that was on the market for one point five million, and I sold it for a million sixty-five. Right, so do the do the sums, and that's the problem. And then you go against, and then you're an agent, right? So you're going against three or four other agents. You've had three or four other agents go in and say the market's only come back 10% because you want to sleep at night, because you've got ethics, you have to say, listen, this is going to sound really strange because three other people have told you the same thing, but the market's actually come back in your side of 25%. Yeah. And what, what chance do you have? And as an owner, you want to hang on to hope, right? You, okay. you, you want hope, but yeah. you also sit there and go, what's the most important thing in an agent? Or honesty. Honesty is the most important thing. That's what they... That's not true, Ken. They want hope. Most, sell, most sellers would rather have lies than honesty. Yeah. Yeah, the it's truth not. shall set you free. So you, see that in this, you see that in this market, there's guys still believing that Australia's gone down, but not the street, man. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. So all of those, those things are happening. All I'm saying is... Don't worry about interest rate. If you can still stay, stay. <clears throat> but if you can't stay, don't. To me, the, the, the real answer is sell, but put that money straight away into something that you can afford. Mm. So that you still hold that foot in real estate because real estate is a nugget that keeps on going up all the time. Exactly, exactly. Right? So, so, so don't sell and then run into, in, into renting. Don't sell and think that real estate's gone. Yeah, if you had shares in, in, in Microsoft at 130 bucks, but one of those days, you should have sold it and, and run because still these days it's nowhere near that. But real estate, uh, 1930s to today has gone up like multiple times. You never lose in real estate. So, mm -hmm. But but don't sit here and think that real estate that rates gonna come down uh, shortly. Don't sit here and think that real estate's not gonna hurt because it's gonna go up some more. What you need to do now is stay in real estate. Just make a shift. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which streets in Australia haven't gone down, mate? Because I can set the coordinates in the in the cruise ship. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just fire up the uh, the hovercraft for the I'll just sail on over. No, I think, I think that there's a there's Carrion is a suburb that's coming up. Carrion now has got uh, its own island. Yeah. Carry on now is the only suburb that can create a cyclone whenever it wants to. On, on, just, uh, on the flick of a switch. You used to see on the news that have water spouts over Spain. There's four water spouts. How did they get a water spout on top of a mountain? <laughs> I'll tell you how. But it's true, like what you say, Thomas. I think the important thing is for people. A lot of people, um, like you say, they they save a lot and they get their foot in real estate. But at the, at, you know, they panic too early sometimes and they jump out. But over time, like you say, it's like we all know we know houses double every seven to ten years. It's a hard thing to fathom when you've just bought one and it's your first one and you've just spent every last cent to actually contemplate that this thing's going to be worth twice this in ten years time. So look at it like that. Just rein in your spending. Be a little bit more, um, you know, Risky. responsible. Mm. Yeah. But, and it's like a forced saving. It's like a forced saving, you know. Like you're not going to make 400 grand in 10 years any other way, really, at the end of the day. Keep your yeah. footing. If, if well, you have to size, that's the important thing. Once you get your foot in real estate, you can't go wrong. It's the only industry where, you know, it. most people have become millionaires through real estate you know and that's the, the unfortunate thing is the majority of people who don't have that financial um intelligence or uh, education i think it's i think uh, i think 80 percent of people have only got two thousand dollars in in reserves for in case of emergencies yeah. is a figure that i heard so uh, a, a lot of people don't have like if their air conditioner blew up or something um so <laughs> I, I never got started mate. you can't blow it up if you can't turn it on <laughs> it'll last forever it's under <laughs> warranty forever I want to ask you, here's the thing. We've all said basically the same thing. We've all said basically the same thing for an hour, but we started talking about Thomas's book and one of Thomas's lessons, and this is, I'm going to put it back on him here, is that you can't talk to everybody the same way. There's seven different people dealing with mortgage stress, yeah. seven different ways and seeing it as different people and saying just stay in property because property is going to double and you never lose is only going to work for one of those seven. Yeah. So what about the other six? Too bad. I, just, I hope they've got the right agent. <laughs> I, I, I've, got, I've heard they've got the right agent. But no, but let's think about that because we've all literally just said the same thing for, for yeah. an hour. But that's only going to appeal to one type of person. The other, six, the other six needs to listen. No, but the, the human life needs, mate. You've got someone who thrives on insecurity and variety, but you've got someone who thrives on security. The person who thrives on security is shitting themselves right now. The person who thrives on insecurity is, well, I live on chaos, bring on more chaos. They're two completely different conversations. This too shall pass. This, this, this the, the person who thrives on insecurity is believing you, going, ah, just hang on, we'll be okay. The person who thrives on security is going, I don't care what they say, I'm seeing the bills, I'm seeing the bank account, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. So... To that extent, we're only talking about, so far we've only mentioned lifestyle, but if your stress and anxiety is causing that many issues about the mortgage repayments and things going off, maybe you're better off selling because that will kill you quicker than... An but, well, we said that, we said that, we said that, but we said also keep a foot in real estate. 
that's, that's, that's right. yeah. And but we focus mostly on the lifestyle. No, 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 no. We we, we we said lifestyle, but in in the way we said it, if we if they can't afford it, just let go, but stay in. That was yeah. the advice that I thought that I would share. Anyway, Chris, I think was on something, and Lou was on something else. I was just on about um, when you said that came, I think there's going to be a lot of agents in this market that won't be able to help their customers. And that's the unfortunate thing. Those people that are on the actual market looking to sell. And I think there's going to be a lot of agents out there without skill that have come in within the last three years thinking, you know, oh, this is easy. They haven't got the skill. They haven't got the scripts. They don't know how to have those really down, you know, down and dirty conversations when you know and you tell people mm. you think your street hasn't changed but the rest of the world has let me tell it let me tell you to it so no, i think i think we underestimate hold on, hold on, hold on. you're going to make you're going too much so you finished yeah go, go for it okay well lou um look i was just going to say that we're probably going into a market where people aren't going to sell for the sake of selling like what we've just experienced through COVID. People were selling because they knew there was an opportunity to make a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, whatever was out there. If you don't need to sell, don't sell. If you want to sell, sell. But the question is like, you, you know, if you can do like similar to what you said, Cam, if you can live comfortably, stay, unless you've got a real need to sell. But the reality of life is people will always need to sell. And that's why we always go back to the, there is no, good or bad market to a good agent because people will always sell regardless life changes people you know pass away downsize upsize different jobs whatever move countries people will always need to sell there'll always be a need to sell but people aren't gonna sell unless they have to sell and that's what they've got to get down to the nitty-gritty of their why and and you know do it smartly um, I think that's the thing too. But those going back to Cam, the one of the seven different types of buyers, there's options out there for people who are security driven. Go shop around. Don't pay the loyalty tax of staying with the same lender for the next 15 or the last 15 years and for another 15 years, because you're probably fine. You're going to get yourself a better rate, which is going to save you the $5,000 a year, which is what you're panicking about now. Like there's always options, you know? So, Cam. Yeah, sorry, guys. I was just, we, we talk a lot about, and I've been guilty of it as before, I love this market because anyone who got into real estate for the last two or three years is going to find it real tough and they generally go broke because they find it easy. I think we're underestimating the people who have been in real estate for 10 or 20 years who are sick of having to bust their head up against the wall every couple of years because I'm seeing some disgusting things now and some disgusting conversations being had with people. And it's not by people who've been in the industry for the last 12 months. It's people who've been there 10 or 20 years who are just, it's misleading not- Misleading people? Is that uh, they're misleading yeah, people? Yeah, it's the misleading people. people. It's the way they're treating people. And it's the, shot. I'm too old for this now. I've been doing this too long. I'll just join the group of, they might've fought it, mate. They might've stayed ethical. They might've stayed true to their values for two years, five years, 10 years, but eventually the threat of competition and the new people coming up has gotten to them. And I'm seeing people at 20 years do some disgusting things. And you'd think, well, if they've been in it 20 years, they must know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, to a point, they might have, which is probably why they lasted this long, but everyone gives up at some point. Mm. Yeah. So, like as far as an advertisement goes, don't just think because they've been doing it for 20 years, they're now doing the right thing for you. And don't just think because they've only been doing it for three years, they're doing the wrong thing by you, right? That's yeah. because we're in, we're in one of them industries where the reward for effort is huge. 
the reward for getting a, a win is huge. And we talked about greed before, and that is a, a fostering an environment for it. So mm-hmm. people thinking about selling need to take that into account. Now is not the time to be choosing yeah. someone because they've yeah. been doing it for 20 years or. Yeah. And, and like, <coughs> sorry, sorry. So you were I was just going to say, like you said, Cam, where there's agents going out and, you know, buying listings still. I mean, I had an owner say to me, I, of all the agents, Louise, I like and trust you, but somebody told me a fair bit higher price. And I said, well, I could have told you a million dollars, but it's not realistic. You know, who's got your best interest at heart? But I think the, the problem is, is homeowners, and we've all been one, you get wooed by the, the number, you know, but I think this is where homeowners need to be very careful is, don't don't fall like head over heels about what you hear because a lot of agents will tell you what you want to hear not what you need to hear and that's the important thing like you said cam to those deceased estate people don't sell it but if this is going to make life easier or not it doesn't you know like it's sometimes people have got to look at the bigger picture and realize that anybody can tell you whatever you want to hear it's those that tell you what you want to hear is probably the one you need to trust more I heard a line the other day, or it might have been yesterday, someone said if they own a house, they're generally going to be a smart person to, because to get into that position, to save up for all those years, to make those sacrifices, to yeah. do everything they had to do, they can't be an idiot, right? But God, we turn into idiots when someone says our house is worth a million dollars yeah. and it's only worth 500000 Exactly my point. Right? We're very quick to turn into idiots when someone tells us what we want to hear. Yeah, no, most homeowners <laughs> are not idiots, but unless they no, that's what I'm saying, but, but the, the temptation here's a guy saying big what baggy about- cash, and here's a guy saying baggy cash might only be this big, and all of a sudden we're morons. But no, what about- yeah, he's good, he must be good. He only charges $500 to market the property. No, but, but no, 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 we, most homeowners are not idiots, but uh, there, there's a guy in Terrigal right now, he, he, he's a tenant somewhere in Terrigal. He's probably laughing because he sold a house in Carrion without drainage, air conditioning. Three <laughs> 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 face power. It was, it was a sweet, no, 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 you're not an idiot. You're, you're a nice guy who believed him. Cam, I actually went to your place with him and your wife there, and you guys were very much like, we're nice people. We just don't want to rip you off. But that guy there, I forgot his oh, name. Yeah, but I remember his name at some stage, but he's a tenant now with his wife oh. in Perigo. Coles, Coles, yeah. He is a rip-off artist because he sold you, not a house, but... A, a piece of land, a block of land with a hut. With <laughs> <laughs> a hovercraft on it. <laughs> we, we, anyone who's listening to this and knows other calls, who is talking about something in Carriol, he is a ripoff artist. That guy, we need to catch him. <laughs> and, and which, by the way, uh, is leading me to closing because I have another one to go to now. <laughs> but next, next week, next week we're going to be talking about shonky business in real estate, such as real estate agent who <coughs> portray themselves as real estate agent, but also as a builder on, on the side to try and make money on the side. Real estate agent who also like get their team to move in furniture of uh, uh, criminals into a, a house before it actually settles. A real estate agent who actually know of that and take their money out straight away before a sale is completed so that they got their commission. Uh, I think that we, we've got a few days ahead of us 
because we're coming to the end of the year, and, and this is a big thing, I would like the Department of Fair Trading to really listen to this next week. So not that they're going to listen, but uh, I, I think that they should, because now we warn them they should know, because there's a lot of shonky agents out there for the moment taking advantage of all of this. We try to just portray the right size and the night side of, of, of real estate, but there's a lot of agents right now who are going to be touching the trust account. There's going to be a lot of real estate agents right now who are going to lie to people, telling them like high price, inflated price in order to get a listing. And then because of their circumstances, win their listing and force having a for sale. We're going to have a lot of real estate agents out there uh, going out there and telling people, hey, listen, I'm going to fake that you're having a flood issue. We're going to we're going to get your insurance to give you the money and you give it to me and then I get my company to we we're going to have to cover all that stuff because I think it's time we stop all that stuff. OK, yeah. I think that originally this is what we were out here to do. Uh, so this, this next week, we're going to have to cover that kind of subject. Mm, yeah. We just close today's subject with all of our words of wisdom i have done mine so that uh why don't we just go on to you guys next mm -hmm. yeah i think thomas you're 100 right and there's going to be a lot of vulnerable people coming up and vulnerable because they've panicked too early but vulnerable because they they feel like they've probably got no options and they're going to be listening to anything anything that sounds good as opposed to logic um so yeah it's it's our duty as agents at the end of the day um to yeah make sure that you know we've always done everything right but we've got to protect them from the ones that don't yeah. um, because yeah we're already starting the market hasn't really taken full effect of the change yet so can you imagine in 12 months what they're going to be doing if this is what they're doing already um and we've started to see a few signs of it here and it does it, it it's terrible um and we've seen it happen over years and years so yeah we need to take a stance and make sure that we protect those that we can so yeah i, I would I probably would, would interrupt you there but i also would invite any any head of franchise who'd like to talk to us like people from hookers or people from stone uh mm. from die jones to come up and and have a, a discussion with us because uh we, we, we like to cover some of these points mm, absolutely for me, it'd be if if you're looking at on that cusp of selling, do I stay? Do I sell? Go and get some advice. Go and get some from uh, some advice from people who have done it or who are in the industry. Um, and it doesn't have to be agents. It can be your accountant. It can be your lawyer. It can be a financial planner. Uh, whatever it may be, go and get some advice and understand why you're making the move. Not just make the move, but understand why you're making the move. Is it the right time for yourselves? Can you afford what you're buying and so forth? So just educate yourselves to what you're doing at that time. Mm. Beautiful four bedroom home, brand new ducted air conditioning throughout, <laughs> brand new stormwater, going cheap, carry on crime position, only $2.5 million if you're interested. I, 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 can, I can hear your son, Alex, in that, mate. Come on, can, can <laughs> you just, <to> just say <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I think I think everyone needs to understand if it's sell or don't sell. Just work out where life's at, where you want to be. Yeah, I think so. That's it. That's it. And if life is where you want, if 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 you're happy at life, staying where you are until lose interest rates drop in 2024, stay, stay, because chances are your house will be worth more. But if life's too short and spending the next three or four years doing what you actually want to be doing instead of what you need to be doing is more appealing to you. Sell your house. Who cares how much? Let's go. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Well done. Thank you very much, team. Good job. Good luck with your air conditioning. <laughs> Call me. I told, I told you about the brand. I told you about the brand. <laughs> so, see you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.